All right, guys, it's Wednesday, May 31st. Girish Alva is joining me on the show today, and we're going to be talking about the new prevention of cruelty to animal rules. This is Drishti Talk. Hi, Chirag. Thanks for inviting uh, no, no, my pleasure. Um, I know we've got a, f- a fairly controversial topic to talk about. So I want to start by by putting some context to the conversation, right? So the government mm-hmm. earlier this week put out some new updates uh, to the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, which was originally drafted in the 1960s. And primarily there are two set of rules, right? So there is the, the rule for regulation of livestock markets, uh, rules towards treatment of uh, case property animals, basically animals that are under litigation for some reason or the other. The the case property animals bit is pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, the authority that has seized the animal because there's a dispute or because there is, um, you know, some crime committed against it uh, has to make sure that the animal is treated well. They have to maintain the health, sanitation, water facilities, and so on and so forth until the animal can be then be taken to the next step. So if the accused has been released, uh, the animal goes back to him. If the accused hasn't, then, you know, they have to mm-hmm. put it up for either adoption or something down the road. Right. But where I think the focus of the rules are, and unfortunately, it does feel as though, you know, nobody's talking about this part, which is the cruelty to animals bit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So we have a ton of cruel practices that, that are very specifically mentioned as prohibited. So things like hot branding, cold branding, shearing of horns, cutting of ears and nose to mark the animals, um, sealing of udders, uh, and I think one big one which was, you know, banning the use of steroids for animals, which a lot of people we know do for increased production, whether it's milk or otherwise, you know, things like castration and so on. The government is also looking to build strong regulation around animal markets where, where all the animals get traded. Uh, and even there, the focus has remained on uh, you know, the cruelty and, and treating animals humanely. So everything from making sure that, you know, there's a regulatory committee for the markets that are, uh, you know, ensuring housing, shade, lighting. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought was very interesting in the rules as well is that the vet services and the hydration facilities, as making sure the animals has adequate water, is something that's repeated quite often. And so it, it sounds to me like it's a real problem. You know, they're trying to make sure that, you know, this is something that's a responsibility of the market and they've got to make sure it's available. But then there's also mm-hmm. other things. So, for example, you've got, uh, you know, regulating things like if you, have, if you have to put the animal in a pen or a cage, the cage must be big enough that the animal can at least stand, turn around, spread its wings in the case of poultry. Uh, you're not allowed to drag animals across the ground. You can't tie their legs anymore. The animal has to be able to walk. And so... I guess the, the first area that, you know, based on these rules is that I'm trying to understand, and, and there's a lot of opposition coming here, uh, is about, oh my God, too much regulation. Do you feel like mm-hmm. this is something that shouldn't be regulated though? Yeah, Chirag, I think it's a very good question. So uh, let me just give you a little background on where it all started, sure. right? If you go back to 2014, there was an activist who has, uh, who has uh, submitted a PIL to the Supreme Court asking about, you know, the regulation of uh, the the cattle market, uh, cruelty to animals, because uh, she has seen thousands of uh, cattle being trafficked out of India into Nepal. And uh, that's where uh, she was concerned and uh, approached the Supreme Court. So uh, Supreme Court has directed the government then to uh, come up with the proper regulation on to control the cruelty of animals. So that's where it all started, right? And then this new notification, it just came in a few days back, talks about 
how the cruelty can be controlled. It advises uh, cattle market control as well, regulation, how the cattle should be treated in the market. Yeah, in fact, I think one thing that, that's getting missed out in some of the conversations that are happening is that, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's focusing on the cattle. And we'll come to the cattle in a bit because I think there's a serious issue that we do, we do need to discuss there. But, right. but all of these regulations, all of the stuff relating to markets deals with all animals. There is no restriction here. So treating animals humanely applies to every animal that is going to go through trading. But some of the, um, and, and this is section 14 of the new rules, uh, where it deals with, you know, cutting mm-hmm. the ears and shearing and, and of the horns and stuff like that. This applies to all animals, by the way. It's not about cattle only, uh, which is something that somehow I don't think people are understanding. And that's why everybody's sort of focused on this cattle conversation. When the reality is uh, these rules actually apply to stopping cruelty across all animals. Exactly. I think that's a point, you know, it's, it applies to uh, treating in, in a more humane way. And uh, the animals, not just uh, cows are covered under that. It also covers like buffaloes and uh, camels as well. You'll be, you're surpri- you'll be surprised. Yeah, so it covers uh, the, the most of the animals being traded in the animal market. Yeah, so basically it is to control the cruelty and also uh, the cattle market. If you look at uh, uh, the cattle market today, it's very badly managed. You know, cattle ma- in the cattle market, you just buy animals for slaughter. So what happens to the poor farmer? If if you want to get a uh, bullet for his uh, agriculture purpose, he has to pay huge money because uh, because they are sold in the market for slaughtering, right? And he, he has problem finding the cat, uh, bullock. Uh, so what it does is to help the farmer so that they can have like uh, low cost farming and uh, that will improve the life of, uh, you know, lakhs of farmers in India. That was the basic concept uh, behind this whole uh, notification. Yeah, and I think it's extremely important to understand uh, in in some ways, the intent behind behind the update, of course, and you correctly mentioned that uh, there was a Supreme Court notice to the government to say, you know, you need to you need to update these rules and you need to draft more. Uh, but then we have to look at these rules and say numerous things that are getting removed that mm-hmm. are actually, you know, and we know, for example, I think for me a big one is, you know, you can you cannot uh, inject animals with steroids except for medical reasons. I mean, if a wet mandates it, which is um, right. And so these are things where we know that, you know, animals are, are seriously suffering because of the way they're being treated. Uh, even something as simple as, you know, you cannot tie the front and the hind legs and drag the animal across the market. Mm-hmm. So it pains you a little bit to hear that, but it's true, right? It does happen. And it, it's at least there is some legal framework around these practices now. Very true. In the way the animals are transported that uh, that is really if you look at it you know uh, they will put like uh, tens of uh, cows or tens of uh, bullocks in a small truck and uh, that is really painful to see right and and that's why there are regulations around space and and storing of the animals uh, although storing is not the right word here you know when it, when it comes to these things so that they have enough room to you know move around and mm-hmm. so the other argument that I, I find which is fascinating but the other argument that's a bit interesting is people are talking about jobs right so now mm-hmm. that there are all these new restrictions have come in and it's going to be difficult quote-unquote to trade and difficult quote-unquote to deal with the whole slaughter angle of things think of all the people that are going to get you know lose their jobs um i i find this of i mean this reminds me sort of 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 the whole UP situation, right? When the new government came mm-hmm. to power and they said, you know what, we're done with illegal slaughterhouses. Slaughterhouses have to be maintained well and regulated. We can't just have all this and this stuff. And instead of questioning 
why are 99% of the slaughterhouses in UP illegal? The question was, what about the jobs? Uh, and the same thing is kind of happening here now where it's like, oh my God, how can we suddenly have this issue all across the country where the jobs are going to be lost? To these people, my question is, yeah, but what about the cruelty to animals? Should we continue being cruel to them just because it employs people? Yeah, it's a very good question because... Uh you know, job situation, some people expected might uh, get a little worse this year. But that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, uh, cruelty to animals, you know, should continue like this just to uh, have more jobs. But actually, it doesn't really hurt job market as if you can really look at it. It's just uh, controlling how the animals are treated and how they are traded in the market. It's not about job market. It's not about cutting jobs and people raise their voice. So I don't agree that uh, it's going to impact jobs. In fact, I would argue as well that, I mean, the fact that now there's going to be a committee constituted and they're going to be, there's going to be a requirement to inspect at the state mm-hmm. level all the animal markets. Uh, exactly. I mean, there will be a lot of jobs even created because once you, you come to regulate the whole market, you need to have, you know, proper system, documentation and all these, right? This is going to create lot of jobs. What I can see is that it's going to create more jobs than people are going to lose jobs. Yeah, and think about the fact that now it's mandated that, um, you know, every animal market has to have wet facilities, sanitation facilities. Who's going to maintain them? The vets exactly. need to be, you know, will get extra jobs. The, the cleaners and the, the people maintaining sanitation will get extra jobs. And so there, there are, there is actually, this has potential to create jobs in the process to look after the animals. I, I don't see why. Again, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a case of saying, hey, we're talking about cruelty mm-hmm. to animals. If someone's doing something to stop that, let's do that. And then if there are jobs displaced, let's find something for them. Rather than saying, let's continue to be cruel and leave the people with their jobs. Very true. So one other point I wanted to just sort of highlight here, because I think it's it's interesting to me, when I look at statistics in other countries, and there are other countries yeah. uh, that we know out in the West, especially, that are actually crying out for better regulation against animal cruelty. I was looking at, at some numbers and it says that, you know, for example, in the UK, uh, the number of people that are vegan today um, has mm-hmm. has jumped about three, three and a half times uh, in the last 10 years or so. In the US, at the end of 2015, which is a statistic I have, that says there are about 16 million people who identify themselves as, as vegan. Mind you, these are people that do not have, in my opinion, a cultural reason or a religious one to protect animals. You know, their motivations are purely moral in that they don't mm-hmm. want animals to be treated poorly, right. uh, which is which is probably why, you know, out of all the vegetarians that exist in the US, about 50% of them identify themselves as vegan and not just vegetarian uh, because there is, it's that, it's that moral reason, right? We don't want to deal with animal products because we know that animals are being treated very cruel. And then you come to, can you come to India? And in India, in addition to any moral feelings we may have, we actually have very strong religious and social motivators to prevent cruelty to other life. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow here we have a set of rules that came out to deal with this. And we have all this fancy opposition that's coming out of us. True. Yeah. As you said, uh, in Western countries, I have seen that like uh, I travel very regularly to uh, US and some other European countries. And I have seen people, you know, just love uh, vegetarian food and uh, maybe some of the white meat, but not red meat. You know, and uh, it's it's spreading very fast. But come back home, you have people fighting for having beef fest, you know, cutting uh, animals in the open uh, public just to oppose the government. Yeah, this is this is this is the segue into the next part, right? 
Um, so for context, right. one aspect of the new rules, and, 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 and seriously, it's one aspect, right? Everything else applies to all the animals and everything. But there's one aspect where uh, the government has said that, you know, these animal markets, which are going to be regulated, cattle trading within these animal markets, so the poultry and everything aside, the cattle trading within these markets has to be done for agricultural purposes. And this cattle includes, as you mentioned, cows, ox, buffaloes, and even actually even camels. So, so that's all the government said as part of the regulation. And the opposition to that was somebody in, not somebody, I mean, a, a Congress leader, a youth worker in Kerala, who dragged a calf out onto the streets, slit its throat on live TV, and paraded the head as a mark of protest. I, I, I genuinely still don't have words to to react to that, to be honest with you, because it's it's something that, I mean, I, I don't even understand it. True. I mean, it is really uh, very, you know, it has outraged the whole uh, nation. Uh, just to oppose a uh, new rule and even without understanding that uh, they wanted to oppose the government in a in a way that uh, that hurt the whole nation right as you mentioned the live slaughter of that uh, that cow in the tv and uh, it went viral across the country and uh, you know people really felt uh, uh, angry about it right you have seen the outrage uh, from across the country and uh, this is not uh, justified. I mean, slaughtering a cow in the public and uh, just to oppose the government is really the bad thing uh, they have done. I think, uh, you know, this this uh, this has to be condemned. Yeah, and I, I mean, as as you correctly mentioned, I mean, and I think which is one of my biggest issues with it, the a, a, a beef party. Uh, sure, it's going to hurt somebody's sentiment. But, you know, it's a beef party. But to do a life killing as a mark of protest, by the way, not as a, you know, not as a part of, a, you know, not in a butcher, not in a slaughterhouse, but this is a life killing as a mark of protest. Like that's, uh, I, I still am trying to understand how is it that someone even thought of this, let alone someone approved it. Someone gave him a, a calf. Tons of people stood with him and celebrated this. Like, like you know, what's happening mm-hmm. here? I mean, so many flaws in the, so many areas where you would think somebody and and and, and finally on live tv was recorded yeah. but nobody yeah. wanted to stop him that was really the very bad uh, incident and uh, it, it was not condemned you know until it became like a huge issue across the country right yeah i mean that that i think that's that's what i'm trying to understand you know because for me it's um, well, obviously i can understand that people eat meat and and stuff like that but this is this is taking it to a different level right i mean it's it's like it's like I mean to me I, and I I shouldn't make a parallel like this but to me it's like t- handcuffing a little child and hanging him upside down and saying you know what I'm going to transport him to oppose the government's rule against child trafficking like mm-hmm. is that going to be okay suddenly because it is a life at the end of the day that he took uh, you know in on on TV and in my head if you replace what he did with a human being there's a very specific term for people that do that right very very, very cruel. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I am really at a loss for words every time I think about the incident. Uh, it is very unfortunate, and also certain, uh, you know, political parties are promoting it uh, with uh, continued beef fest or eating beef in the public, right? Just right, to oppose right. the government, even without understanding what this rule is about, and that is very unfortunate. You know, we have a democracy; that's fine, but we have to follow certain rules, right? We cannot slaughter. Uh, a cow or an animal in the public, you know, there are not just not just adults. There are kids watching it. Yeah, I think that's, I think there's a there's a there's a serious moral question that I, I'm suffering from, which is how where where is I mean the the there, like I said there is a there's a social element and a religious element and all of this other stuff. But you know, just morally, you know, dragging a young animal. By the way, it wasn't even an adult to start mm-hmm. with. Uh, you know, how, how do you how do you 
make peace with that yourself. I don't know. It, 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 it's a weird, it's a very, uh, I don't have a better word, so I'm going to say it's a very twisted kind of thinking for me. Yeah, very true. I think it has outraged the whole country. It has been debated on the TV. I hope it doesn't repeat, uh, but uh, it's highly condemnable. Yeah, the, the, and you've, you've raised the exact point that worries me. I mean, one person did it, right? And there were, as you mentioned, there were there was definitely at least one political leader who said, so what? It's okay. He was protesting, which means tomorrow someone else might, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, to continue that, they also wanted the similar culture to come to uh, Bangalore, to Karnataka. But uh, people seeing that, watching that uh, live slaughter of the animal on their videos, video clips, they protested it, you know. So the majority of the people are against it. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, it doesn't repeat Again. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's what we can hope for. Um, uh, one other thing that I wanted to add here was, uh, so obviously there was quite some drama going on online where um, some media houses were reporting that, oh my God, it wasn't a cow, maybe it was an ox uh, or some other animal, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, which, I mean, obviously at the face of it, there was video and pictures, so it wasn't very really hard to decipher that. But, uh, but my question then is, okay, if it was an ox, did that make this okay? Yeah, firstly, I think as you mentioned, it was uh, in the videos, it is clear that it is not an ox. It is a cow that that also has religious significance in India. Uh, sure. So besides cruelty, you know, it also angered people. Uh, but uh, that just doesn't justify uh, even cutting an ox or uh, any other animals in public, right? That argument is completely uh, not, uh, not right. Yeah, and that was kind of my thing as well, like it. Does that does that that doesn't change how we would feel though, right? I mean, yes, the cow has a religious uh, issue, and therefore, you know, you may think three mm-hmm. other things. But the first thing, which is, dude, you know, you you just killed an animal in cold blood to to protest, would apply. To it should apply to any animal. Very true. Anyway, I, I like I said, I, I I'm I'm genuinely, uh, <laughs> you know, having um, find, finding it hard to like really articulate how miserable the just the process mm-hmm. made me feel the other day and uh, it's been going on for three days in fact and uh, i kind of was glad that we were recording a couple of days later in the hope that you know some of the uh perhaps some of the anger would just slightly subside and we don't get to uh to be honest uh you know i still feel as miserable as, as i did a few days ago yeah i think a lot of people feel that way uh, which including me uh, yeah yeah which yeah. I, I suppose is uh I guess a little bit heartening to see that at least, you know, it's not, you know, the outrage isn't limited to a small number of people, in fact. And I think uh, it's very, very clear, at least on things like social media and stuff, I think it's very clear that, that uh, most people will not, not not be supportive of something like this. Yeah, that's true. I think most of the, as we have seen on the social media, uh, the people uh, talking about it and discussing it, and 90% of the people, I can see that they are completely against it. That's one good thing that uh, this kind of uh, incidents have uh, united people against cruelty to animals. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, uh, you know, it doesn't, as, as we say, it doesn't bring back the life. I agree. Yeah. So one thing that we should do, whether uh, on social media, media, mainstream media, or in this kind of podcast that you uh, you organize, that uh, we should drive home this message across the country. Right? It's our responsibility, each of us, who knows what is this and uh, why it is wrong, to spread the message that uh, cruelty or the slaughtering in public was, uh, uh, was, was very bad and you shouldn't repeat. So we have the responsibility to spread the message and uh, let's do our part. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, and in fact, it's uh, what is what has been surprising to me over the last um, you know two or three days. 
is is the fact that actually people don't even know what the rules are. In fact, it's it's really funny because when the notification, or rather when the when the mainstream media picked it up, uh, the way it was dispensed was there's a beef ban across India. That's the hashtag that went out. And that's the headlines that went out, and that's how the news reached me. Since then, it's 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 actually been uh, a case of educating. Mm-hmm. Every time someone starts a conversation with me about it, it's it starts like that. I'm like, no, no, wait. Before we start doing anything, here's what the rules say. Now let's talk. And it's mm-hmm. you know the reaction every time is, wow, really? I had no idea. That's the reaction I get even you know. So it's uh, so a responsibility, I think, as I mentioned earlier, to. to to spread this message to under- make people understand what the rule is about which ties into to the you know the other part that we wanted to, or I wanted to talk about today so um so you guys have started uh you know a very interesting campaign that's 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 picked up a lot of traction uh, called give up a meal yeah i think uh, you uh, most of the people on social media must have heard about or read about give up a meal uh, let me just uh, let give a little background so uh, going back to the month of uh, march uh, there was a severe drought in karnataka so a uh, lot of uh, house or even humans doesn't have uh, water to drink or even scarcity of food so there is a hill called male mahadeshwara hills in karnataka and uh, there are a few villages where villagers actually rear cows for their living there are uh, close to 1 lakh cows in those villages so uh, what happened is that recently uh, government has fenced uh, the jungle where these cows go for uh, uh, food it's also uh, the drought i mentioned this year so uh, these two things really affected uh, cows and cattle in that village, in those villages so uh, there were like few thousand of the cows uh, died because of uh, scarcity of food then uh, we have a mud a religious mat in karnataka it's uh, uh, in uh, hosanagar so ramachandra pramada they are actually famous for uh, you know working on cow protection for many years when the swami ji heard about uh, this crisis in the villages so he immediately said okay don't worry i will not let even a single cow die from here on he didn't know where to get the money because it needed like uh, you know few crores to actually control the situation and feed those cattle right, right. so it started with one uh, distribution center where uh, volunteers get you know fodder from uh, across the state and then distribute it to the cows uh, but eventually it went up to until 15 distribution centers and the matha is not like corporate world where we have everything planned swami ji thinks that uh, you know god will give so he went ahead but it was like huge work and it required huge number of uh, distribution centers and also the resources to support uh, then what the swami ji did is that uh, he asked his devotees to uh, skip one meal and donate and uh, also lead a simple life so devotees uh, you know donated their jewels they some of the kids they even skipped their ice creams and uh, donated whatever they can yeah it was very heartening to see that how people responded but again the devotees they ran into a uh, few lakhs that is not enough to sustain this uh, whole effort so when i heard about it uh, i was quite active on social media uh, in twitter i heard about it i thought let's do something i formed a small team of uh, 15 people and most of them i took from the matha matha the social media team so we took it to uh, across the nation we formed a hashtag called give up a meal and right. uh, every monday the whole team you know we fasted though i, I was uh, i was not a ardent devotee of the swami ji but 
when I started and every one of us, we fasted uh, every Monday and uh, we campaigned on social media. I mean, that's how I heard about it as well, being a social media campaign with the hashtag. Tons of people, um, you know, have also changed their names. Uh, so they, they go by either yeah. Girish, give up a meal or give up a meal Girish type of thing. And, uh, you know, just to create that awareness. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we did on the, on the 17th of April. Uh, I told the team, let's try to reach a million people. You know, it's very catchy, right? Reach a million. So uh, we worked the whole night, previous night, and we contacted, you know, all big activists on Twitter and uh, Facebook. We requested their support. We asked them, okay, can you change your name, as you mentioned, you know, with the hashtag of the meal, and also uh, please help uh, with the tweets and messages. So when we opened the campaign on Monday, 10 a.m., we were surprised. We saw that, you know, thousands of people have changed their names. And uh, even we heard that, you know, many people form small groups, you know, Twitter groups or Facebook groups with a give up a mail uh, group name and they promoted this call. So it was like, uh, you know, support came in from everywhere. And uh, we had a very unique strategy to reach more people besides, you know, these things I mentioned, change names and other things. Uh, very unique tools to reach people. And uh, that created the whole movement. And then every Monday we continued the whole um, give up a meal campaign. And we are still continuing that until maybe uh, end of the uh, end of this June, you know, yeah, it was a very successful campaign. Yeah, and, and you guys did, you guys did cross, I think it was 1.02 million people, right, at the end? Right, yeah, we reached like uh, 1.02 or about uh, 1 million people and then we stopped stop counting because it's spreading, <laughs> it's spreading like yeah, wildfire. So we couldn't count okay. and we focused more on spreading the awareness. That was amazing. It was like huge support from public and I think, uh, you know, Indians are very kind. If you have a cause, convince people people are very kind in india you know know, public support coming from everywhere no and and i and i think also you know a great example of uh, the power of social media and and of course we we keep seeing some of the evils of social media as well Uh, but the power of social media where you're able to connect with people and so quickly um and this is a great example of that right i mean i'm sure you guys reach people that uh you know, it wouldn't be connected to you by maybe six or seven degrees even. Uh, but they're, you know, they're contributing the cause and, and, and fasting every week. Yeah, that's true, you know, because it spreads so much, so widely uh, that uh, even, uh, you know, a lot of political parties were interested to join. We, pol- we politely declined to make it political. Uh, yeah. But when we had a former uh, chief minister of Karnataka, uh, Yes, Edirapaji. Uh, he saw this campaign and uh, he, in the public, he invited us with a tweet. Yeah, uh, I saw that tweet actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting, you know. And he's quite famous, uh, and uh, you know, uh, to fight for farmer cause. So we thought, okay, let's go and meet him. And when we met him, we were into surprise. And he declared on the spot, okay, I will give a donation of ten lakhs from my side. And uh, he said, what else you want? We said, okay, just give us a clip, uh, giving call to the public to donate. That will be very good. And uh, that evening I had the clip as well. And it's not just Edirapa. Uh, and there were a lot of uh, other uh, leaders. And uh, there were uh, movie actors who also sent us uh, video clips. And the support uh, from a lot of uh, you know top names in the state came in. And uh, we try to play political, stay politically neutral. But whenever support comes from, you know, good leaders, we're very happy. No, of course. And I think, you know, you want to create that awareness. It obviously helps when, 
you know, when they back the cause. Of course, keeping, uh, you know, the politics out of it and just doing it for the cause, which is what you want. And I think, uh, in fact, exactly. that's wonderful that, uh, that you know, they're, they're coming out to support you. Very true. Yeah. And also, like, this campaign runs on Monday. You know, it's the first day of uh, work. Uh, but the whole team, you know, the 15-member team I have, they are so dedicated. So every success in this campaign goes to each one of them. So grateful to the team, very motivated to the cause. Um, I really appreciate the whole team and also the public, you know, who came in in big numbers. In support. Tell us as well, I mean, uh, obviously for the listeners on the show who um, might want to contribute uh, or might want to take part in it, how do they go about it? So there are two ways to uh, go about it. The first thing is uh, we urge you to fast. You know, when you fast for a cause and donate the money, you feel connected to the cause, right? And uh, some people, they don't want to fast. Okay, that's fine. But you can still donate. Okay, So you donate to the MUT account. The MUT has a very, uh, very well audited system and it has been uh, ISO certified as well. So they can uh, donate to that uh, MUT account and uh, every single penny donated will directly go to the cost and because people involved from end to end uh, getting the fodder until distribution they are all volunteers you know they spend money from their pocket to do the work so i assure you every every cent or every price or the rupee that you donate directly go to feed those starving cows i think that's interesting that you mentioned that that anything that goes in terms of donations to the account is then directly used uh, to to feed the cows. It's not like it gets donated to somebody else who's doing the job, right? Exactly. I, you know, you look at a lot of NGOs. What, what they do is that uh, they have very high overhead. I heard in some of the NGOs, uh, 70% of the money spent for administrative uh, support and only 30% goes to the final, you know, uh, the cost. But here it's entirely different, you know, 100%. Everything you spend, you, you donate, it goes to the cost. Oh, that's, that's wonderful, Girish. I'm, I'm, obviously, it's it's very heartening to see that, and it's quite nice. Yeah, I mean, we were there, like, last week, and, uh, you know, when we talked to the villagers, they are so emotional, you know. We said that uh, we are from this Give Up Meal campaign, and they actually hold our hands and uh, and cried, you know, you people saved my cow. If these cows died... I would have committed suicide, you know, it was so touching to see that. That makes us feel that, yeah, we are doing a good, you know, something good for the people, something good for the country. I think uh, every people on social media don't just fight for some, you know, nonsense comments or political uh, mileage, but try to see if we can spend some time for social cause. This country needs you, needs every one of you. If someone wants to get in touch with you guys, how does he do so? Yeah, good question, Chirag. So if someone wants to... Uh, Get in touch uh, with the campaign. You can go to uh, Twitter and uh, look for the hashtag give up a meal and you have all the details. We populated uh, Twitter with uh, every detail that you need. That's one way. If not, you can go to uh, Facebook and uh, look for www.facebook.com slash give up a meal. We have a page dedicated to this course. Wonderful. And uh, if you really need more information, then you can reach to me, my uh, Twitter handle is at Girish Alwa, G-I-R-I-S-H-A-L-B-A. So I'm always happy to, uh, you know, uh, give you more details and connect you to the Wonderful. Company. And uh, I will, um, you know, in the in the show post that I do with the notes, I will definitely add uh, your Twitter as well as the, the link to the Facebook page and, and the Twitter hashtag so people can look it out. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? One message that we all should convey that, uh, you know, everything you do, keep your country in mind. 
before you go and slaughter a cow or animal just protect protest against something think first you know think take a step back how is it going to affect my country is it going to improve something or is it going to help my country and then everything else falls in falls in place right so always think or do anything with nation in mind and uh, we all will progress together yeah, that brings us to the end of the show uh, thanks so much girish for your time sure thanks a lot thanks chirag for uh, having me Thank you.